But I'm just I'm glad to be here with you guys. I always feel like it's an incredible privilege to be able to do what I do. I don't take it for granted that I have the chance, the opportunity to share uh, his word and his truth with you. So thanks for letting me uh, be able to, to do this. Um, for those who are listening online, uh, we're thankful for you as well. Thankful for technology and that you have the opportunity to, um, to sow into your life all throughout the week, and you can do that here as well. Uh, and, and for those of you who are joining groups and who are taking intentional steps in your walk with the Lord, as we've challenged you over the past couple of weeks, I'm just so proud of you guys uh, to see people who say, you know, I want to be the disciples that Jesus called me us to be. I, I, there is no greater joy than to lead a group of Jesus followers who just want to be the best that they can be as a follower of Christ and, and to live out his commands, those commands to love one another, care for one another. You know, even though we talked about last week, confessing your sins to one another and signing up for like, oh, I don't know, but I, I want to grow in my faith, carrying one another's burdens, restoring one another. I just love it. And if you're like, what is that all about? You're just going to have to go online and listen to the last couple of weeks because we're going to talk about something different this morning. So jumping right in, this morning I want to talk about this topic called the small stuff. Um, My daughter is um, getting, well, my kids are all getting ready for the Simcoe Fair, and they're making these things. My daughter's making these tiny little clay uh, sculpture thingies that are just super small. And and as um, as I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, how I don't know how she does it. It takes an incredible amount of time for her to do that. But there's all this little stuff around our, around our house as a result. But what I realized is that we typically notice the big things in life. And so I had sent this, this picture had gotten sent to me of a, a bodybuilder, vegan bodybuilder. And so I, it came with this quote, and I just want to read it to you. It said this, I have been bodybuilding for almost 20 years now. Uh, this is how I look. I am 100% vegetarian. I've never taken drugs, no amino acids or steroids. It's been very hard work, but it's an absolute joy to look in the mirror. My aim is to be the first vegetarian to win the Mr. Universe bodybuilding competition. My name is Brody, and I'm in the background. (laughs) See, we, we typically notice big things. See, and every one of you who laughed just proved my point. We don't notice the small things in life. You know, we typically don't, we typically celebrate the big achievements in life. Last night we had Dahlia here, one of our uh, refugees that we had sponsored to come over to Canada, and she was top of her class. She's only been here 10 months trying to learn how to, to write, uh, read and write English, and she was uh, the number one student in her class and received an award as a result. And we're like, congratulations on winning an award, because that's what we congratulate. I'm not going around this morning like, hey, congratulations, you woke up and got out of bed this morning. You know, congratulations, you had breakfast today. Way to go! We don't celebrate the little things. We, we typically notice the big things. We typically celebrate and we typically focus on the big things in life. But today I want to just talk about the small things because they're important as well. Uh, and I want to talk about over the next couple of weeks. And much like a battery has like a positive terminal, a negative terminal, this message has a positive side and a negative side. And today we're going to start with the negative side because you're here and nobody would come back if they knew next week it was the negative. So come back next week for the positive side of it. But we want to take a little look at the small things in life uh, and give you a few thoughts to think of. So number one, when it comes to the small things in life, don't sweat it. In 1997, there was a guy named Richard Carlson. He was an author, a motivational speaker. He wrote a best-selling book called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, and it's all small stuff. If maybe you were one of the 25 million who purchased and read this book, a very popular thing. It was actually rewritten uh, based on on another book that had been written uh, about 15 years earlier. But Richard Carlson, he said this in in his book. He says, often we allow ourselves to get all worked up about things that upon closer examination, they aren't really that big of a deal. 
We focus on little problems and we blow them out of proportion. And for some this morning, you know, the challenge for you is, you know, that, that, that you may be spending too much time thinking about little things and allowing them to ruin your day. For instance, it's not that difficult when you get up in the morning and the milk does this, you know, it can ruin your day. And so then you decide, skip breakfast, get in the car, and then your seatbelt does this. And uh, you're like, oh, you know, car, sell the car. But you head to Tim Hortons because that's where joy is found in a little brown paper cup. And as you get to the drive-thru, you notice it looks like this. And you do it anyways and you get stuck there for 15 minutes and then you're late. And then as you're driving out, you're late, but you've got your, you know, brew, the java, the, the liquid of the gods in your hand. And as you travel out of there, you take a sip of your double cream and you realize they put sugar in it. Now, do you go back or don't you? No, you just realize, oh, and, and, and then you decide, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go for the donut. But then you open the donut box and you find this. And if you're like my wife this week, going home after days like this, decides to make her favorite brownie mix and then puts it in the oven after mixing it perfectly and then the preheat doesn't work. And realizing the oven is no longer. And so I, whatever it was, she decides she have to head over to her sister's to finish the baking and we're just not going to have any pies anymore. So no pies for you either. But, you know, those days that make you feel like this woman after, you know, the things, it's like, oh, it just ruins your day. You know how you can tell if something like that ruined your day? You're still talking about it that night. And I've met some of you, and I've had conversations that happened with my family just recently. We were sitting around chatting, and they were talking about these Tim Hortons experiences from that morning for 15 minutes. And you realize, ah, it actually ruined more than just the moment. And for some, there's small things that happen in your life that are ruining your day, and maybe this morning they happened on your way here. And I would just encourage you with this. When it comes to the small things, don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff. Paul wrote this to the Philippian disciples. You know, Philippians chapter 4, years and years and years ago, 2,000 years ago, people would have the same issues where they were worrying about small things. And, and he, uh, he encourages them with this thought in Philippians 4 verse 6. He says, don't, don't worry about anything. Don't, uh, don't, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't allow anything to cause that kind of feeling in your life. Don't worry about anything. What's in anything? Anything. Anything is anything. He's actually don't, he's saying don't sweat the small stuff, don't sweat the big stuff. He says instead, instead of worrying about things, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. You know, you may have small things that just kind of have irritated you and you never thought to pray about those. You pray about the big stuff, but you've never thought, you know what, I didn't even realize that these things are a kind of consuming my thoughts, consuming my days. For some, you've been worrying way too much about small things that really don't matter. And so when it comes to the small stuff, I want to encourage you, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's good advice, but not always. And this morning, I wanted to take a look at what I feel like God was prompting in my heart, uh, as well as probably for some of you here, and it's this. When it comes to the small stuff, don't sweat it, but don't forget it either. And a word that probably would be better um, uh, suited for that would be don't ignore it. But ignore doesn't rhyme with sweat. So we put it in there as forget, right? So number one, don't sweat it. Number two, don't forget it. Because I want you to remember this, especially if it's what Holy Spirit is doing in your life this morning when it comes to the small stuff in life. Some small things can ruin your day. But there are some small things. And when he says don't sweat the small stuff, it's all small stuff. The truth is that some small stuff can ruin your life. 
Not just ruin your day, ruin your life. And that's, you know, uh, my mom, she used to quote this verse, and, she, you know, she's, she knew the Bible, well, she does know the Bible, like, inside and out, and always has verses for different situations. And, and every once in a while, we'd hear it, uh, you know, every once in a while, mom would say this verse to us. She'd, be, she'd say, hey, you know, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. And uh, so I, that was kind of running through my head last, last week. I'm like, the little foxes spoil the vines. I wonder where that's found. That's, I know it's in the Bible. And I thought, man, it's got to be a proverb because it sounds like a proverb, right? The little foxes spoil the vines. But no, it's from the Song of Solomon. And so this is the first time that I'm preaching from the Song of Solomon in my 20 years of, of preaching. Uh, and uh, so for those who are excited, just hold on. It's not that exciting. For those of you who don't know what the Song of Solomon is, um, Song of Solomon is this, this book of romantic poetry that's right in the middle of the Bible. And you read stuff there, you had no idea that it would be in the Bible. Worth reading. When I was a kid going to a church about 30 minutes away from here, I was in the youth room and I'd forgotten my Bible and I found a Bible there for that day and so I took it and I opened it and I found that Song of Solomon, every page was glued shut to each other. So, you know, for, uh, for your youth, maybe you got to wait, but um, I don't know why I told you that. Anyway, Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon chapter 2 is where we find this verse that says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. And you look at that and say, what does that have to do with my life at all? And I thought the very same thing. I was hoping that it was going to be much more um, uh, substantial. But that thought was in my mind. And when I realized, if I think something that's not my thoughts, I don't go around every day thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to work. I'm like, the little foxes spoil the vines. You know, I didn't drive past a grape um, um, vineyard, and I didn't uh, almost run over a fox on the road. There was nothing else that, uh, that put this thought in my mind. It just came from somewhere. Do you know what that is? That's Holy Spirit. He's like, hey, I'm going to drop a little something in your heart, and I want you to dig for it and find out what I mean by it. And so for myself, it's like, okay, what's this deal with these little foxes spoiling the vines? And so I, I got a picture for you of little foxes because I just thought you, you got to see. <laughs> what do you think when you see those? They are so, they're, they're even hugging each other. Like, it doesn't get any cuter than that. You can leave that for a minute. But it's, what we don't often realize and what the scripture is telling us, what I believe the Lord is telling me and probably some of you, is that it's little things that actually can do more damage than the big things sometimes. See, it's the little things you're unaware of that do more damage than the big things that you are aware of. You know, when the, we've had a number of hurricanes uh, that we've been following in the news, shared this morning about how it affected different things. But when hurricanes happen or are coming, people prepare. When there's a big storm coming, people prepare. And here's, you know, here's what they do. They're like, you know, board up their house. They leave. They write notes to the hurricane. Be nice, Harvey. And they head off to higher ground with their family. And they head for safety. Because when they know that there's some, a storm coming, they prepare. And so this thought for, for many is when you face storms in your life that you know are coming, you prepare differently. For instance, if you realize, hey, you know, our company's shutting down and I've only got about eight months, you know, before I have to find a new job, what do you do? You prepare. You start handing out resumes. You're like, honey, we ain't going to Tim Hortons anymore. You know, not until I know that I have another job. Whatever it is, you prepare. You know, maybe there's things where, you know, all of a sudden there's this massive blow up in your, in your marriage. And you're like, you know what? We definitely are in some trouble. Let's go get some counseling. Hey, Mark. And I'm like, hey, uh, here's a number. Right? But you, you go and you talk to somebody. Right, you find something. You know, when there's big news, for instance, Val, when she got big news saying, hey, you're walking around with an aneurysm, she's like, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'll stay in quiet places. I'm just going to make sure that, I, that I'm careful with what I'm doing because this is something big. And so you prepare and you book a surgery and, you know, in the end you see this. But what, what I believe this morning 
the Lord's uh, telling myself and us is that sometimes it's the little things in our life that have the potential to do the most damage and you don't even realize it because they're so cute. So Beth and I were sitting in our um, basement a couple uh, weeks ago. We were sitting watching a show on Netflix and uh, all of a sudden you hear this sound up in the ceiling and it sounds like chewing. And I'm like, that's not a good sound, right? And, and I'd heard it the last couple of days when I was working in my office. I'm like, what is that, what is that noise? And as we're sitting there, we look at each other. and was like, there's something in the ceiling. And so we're like, oh, I don't know what it is. So we just keep watching the show. And all of a sudden we hear this thing, this animal starts like breathing heavily. It's like, <laughs> and starts scurrying around in, the, between the, in between the floor joists. So, you know, and I'm like, okay, there's something up there. And, and this is like, I don't know. We don't know what it is. But then as I look, I see this round stain about this big, and it's this round, brownish, yellow stain. I'm like, oh, that's it. You know what? You can live up there, and you can whatever you're doing with the heavy breathing, but no dumping in my ceiling, right? I like, I see the stain coming through, and I'm like, this is brutal. So I like bang on the ceiling, and it stops. I'm like, tomorrow, I'm going to find out what it is. So tomorrow, the next day, I go out, and I look around my house, around that corner of the house. I'm like, how is this thing getting in. Like, it's like a, a raccoon or a possum, hopefully not a skunk. Maybe it's a little bear, but whatever it is, it's getting in somewhere. And I'm looking at all like the, the, the vents and the covers and trying to find out, setting these little, these little paper traps so, so that you can see if something's going in and out. Check it later, nothing. Sitting down in my house. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's still there. So I went to my father-in-law's and I got a live trap. I'm like, if I can't figure out how it's getting, I'm just going to cut it right out of the ceiling. So I set a live trap on the ground and I set this tarp up so that when whatever it was fell in the tarp, it would run into the live trap and we would take it and do something humane with it. So uh, as, uh, as we're, we're there, it's this big reduction, right? So we've got it all set up. It's night. We hear it, you know, growling. And, and uh, then I grab my saw that I had just bought on sale. And I go up there and I poke the drywall saw through the hole. All the kids are there watching. Beth's like watching. She's got the video camera rolling. It's going to be an epic YouTube moment. And all of a sudden as we poke a hole through, what drops out? One little yellow jacket. One little yellow jacket. This guy drops right out. That's not my finger. I'm not that brave. But this little yellow jacket drops out. I'm like, what? That, that's weird. And then I see two more heads pop out. I'm like, run! Everybody runs out. We turn off the lights. It's nighttime. You know, we're like, what is, seriously, what is going on? Like, why? Why would there be yellow jackets living with a little bear up in my rafters, right? And I'm like, I can't figure this out. So the next, and I realized, like, I had, like, gloves on in case whatever it was going to bite me. I had these goggles on so it wouldn't pee in my face. I had a mask on. And I was like, I realized I have the wrong equipment. So I went to the store. And I was like, I got to kill these wasps first. I got little drill bits, got a bunch of things of spray. Went back and duct taped the hole and then sprayed up in there. And I thought, man, there must be some hornets in there. As I cut the hole out later... All of a sudden, like 500 dead yellow jackets fall out of my ceiling. And they just keep falling. I'm like, wow, I'm glad I got those. As I look up in the hole, I hear, <laughs> I didn't get them all. And so I'm spraying in there, and they're flying out, 50 of them in my, in my office. And, and so finally, you know, after a few days of going in there and chopping a little bit more, spraying a whole bunch more, thousands of yellow jackets end up in my tarp. Thousands, and, and I had to cut this hole in my ceiling. That hole is one foot wide and two feet long, and it was full of yellow jackets. I thought, man... There was no cool animal either. It was these yellow jackets that did all of this damage. The stain thing had been where they just decided they would chew right through all of the drywall, right down to the paper. And as I researched the stuff about yellow jackets, I'm like, how long have they been living there? Did the guy who sold me the house six years ago know they were building this in there? Like, I'm like, I gotta find out. 
And as I researched, you know what I found out? That all of this happened in one year, and it started with one yellow jacket. That one queen yellow jacket moves into your house, and they begin to start, they start making, making babies, and they, they make up to 10,000 of them in a season. And I was like, man, I don't know what that's going to cost me. I don't even know how to fix that. If anybody knows, come tell me. Um, but i got to fix that now. All of this damage from one stinking yellow jacket. And I saw my neighbor, and one of my neighbors, his house had a small crack in the, in the foundation, but, uh, you know, they hadn't done anything about it for the past couple of years. And so the other day he was saying, hey, my, actually, my, the corner of my house is sinking into the ground. And so these guys came over to fix it, and they told us it's going to cost us between thirty-five dollars and $50,000 to repair it. One little crack. You know, that's the little things in our lives that can do huge damage, and that's the things. You know, I wish that I found that yellow jacket last fall. Uh, this person probably wishes they had found that crack two years ago. But it's those small things that we just kind of take for granted that creep in and do incredible damage. And that is what the verse in Song of Solomon is talking about. When they write in this, in this um, bunch of poetry, they say this thing, catch us the foxes. Catch the foxes for us. It's those little foxes that spoil the vines for the vines of tender grapes. He's saying, you know, the foxes, those little cute little things actually have the potential to ruin the most valuable things in your life at that point. And so what do they say? Catch the foxes. Let's take some preventative measures to protect our love. That's what this this thing was saying. Let's protect our love from anything that can harm it. It doesn't matter how cute or innocent those things look. Let's take some preventative measures to protect ourselves. And I think we can insert some um, some words into that same sentence for our lives. Let's take some preventative measures to protect our marriages. Let's take preventative measures to protect our family, our friendships, our faith, our lives. What little things are creeping into your life today that actually have the potential to ruin it? You know, maybe in your marriage, it's little things. You know, it's these things where you just realize, you know, we just don't talk as much as we used to. We talk about the kids, but that's kind of it. The communication has gone cold. Maybe for you, trust is being eroded in your marriage. And it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. It, it's okay, you know whatever. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you got a little bitterness that's just kind of like a root in your heart towards your spouse or towards someone else. You're like, ah, it's fine. You know, it's fine. Maybe it's thoughts, thoughts in your mind, the things we think, little things that creep in. You know, maybe it's something that you've seen on, you know, in the movies. Maybe it's thoughts that, you know, your favorite show on Netflix actually puts thoughts in your mind that shouldn't be there. And you get that twinge every once in a while saying, "Eh, I don't know if you should be watching this. I get that sometimes. You know what I found about life? That it's those little twinges that sometimes when you just don't, you don't listen to them when they happen. It's like, you know what? Ah, yeah. I, I remember back in the day saying, you know, hey, we're not going to watch any shows that, are, that are, have, you know, vulgarity, that have any nudity, that have any of those kind of things in it. Just PG. That's what we're going to watch. And then there's this cool show and you start watching like, this is a cool show. And then a few episodes in, all of a sudden there's some profanity. You know, like you feel that little twinge on the inside and you're like, yeah, it was just one show. And you just got to see how it ends. And you continue to watch. You know what happens? Pretty soon that twinge isn't the same. You don't, you don't hear it anymore. You know when you hear it again? You're like, your mother-in-law comes over to watch the show with you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, I had no idea that this was in this show. Right? Or you're watching a show and then your kids come in. You're like, oh, you know, pause. I don't want my kids to see that. Yeah, it is so true. You know, maybe it's in actions. Or it's just those little things. And you, you kind of... You define them as little things. It's like, you know, it's just one drink. It's just one smoke. It's, it's just one fight. It's just one more dollar. It's just one more episode. It's just one skipped class. 
It's just a little bit of flirting. It's just one date. It's just one lie. And just one turns into just one more. You know, it's just, it's, just, it's just one more episode. It's just one more drink. It's just one more fill in the blank. The just one that you ignore has the potential to do incredible damage in your life. The just one that you ignore may have the potential to destroy your life. That just one hornet caused that kind of damage in my house. And that's just my house. What about our lives? Pastor James talked about him last week. He's a brother of Jesus. Wrote an incredible letter, and he understood it well when he wrote this letter. And you can follow along, James chapter 1. Verse 14 to 15, he describes how these little things start in our lives and how they become something uh, bigger. He says this, but each one's tempted when he's drawn away. First, he says, hey, the, you know, it starts by this, this, this thing of being drawn away by his own desire. And then once he's drawn away, then he's enticed. It wasn't like, it was like, I'm going to go check it out. But now I'm kind of like hooked. And then it says in the next thing, it says that when desire has conceived... And if you know anything about conception, that's very, very small when it starts. But it gives birth to sin. And when the baby arrives, it's a little bit bigger. And then it says, um, and when sin's full grown, when that baby becomes an adult, it's much bigger. It brings forth death. See, what James is saying and what we need to realize and understand when it comes to the small things, the small things that creep into our life started with just one desire. It started with one small thing, but it leads to something deadly. And see, the thing is, most people, most of us, we don't wake up and think, hey, I'm going to make some real deadly decisions today. I'm just, you know what? I'm way too happily married. I've got to fix that. I'm way too financially stable. I've got to fix that. I'm, you know, I've got way too many friends. I've got to ruin a few friendships. None of you started that way this morning. We, we don't think that way. See, what we don't realize is that we're actually doing that with the small decisions we make and we don't even realize it. Many are tempted to think that because the small decision didn't harm you right away, it won't harm you at all. See, we think that because that little yellow jacket didn't sting me last fall, it's not going to harm me at all. The little decisions we make, we don't think that they're going to harm us at some point. But James says, listen, it's a process. And when it starts small, it has, that pro, it has that potential to end badly. I wish I'd caught the yellow jacket. My, my neighbors wish they had caught the crack. What is it that you wish you had caught? When it comes to the small stuff, don't sweat it. But when it comes to some of this other small stuff, don't forget it. Don't ignore it. And my last thought this morning is this. Don't regret it. Don't regret it. You have the opportunity today to do something different. When I say don't regret it, I don't mean, hey, just forget about all the stuff that happened in your past, uh, you know, and all the regrets that you have today. Uh, That's not the thought, because those things that have happened, you know, it's amazing the forgiveness of the Lord, and that we can start going in a different direction as of today, uh, and not live with regret. My thought in this is that today you can decide whether you're going to have future regrets or not. The decisions that we make today when it comes to the small stuff can cause us to be in a place where we don't regret those little things. I was reading um, two nights ago in my devotions, um, just on the, the Version Bible app, and I was reading the story of, of Judas. And as Matthew told the story of Judas, so did John. And they described, uh, they described two stories, and I just want to share those with you in, in, in this last thought this morning, that a, um, there was a woman who had come in to where the disciples were hanging out with Jesus, and she did something that just kind of had a profound effect on all of them. She had taken a, a bottle of perfume that had cost a year's wages. So just want you to think, what do you make in a year? You know, 60000 70000 30000 200000 whatever it is that you make in a year. 
to buy one little bottle of perfume. This perfume was used to dab one little drop on a person's forehead, and it was, that was enough that any, any person needed in that time. But this woman did something incredibly different. She took this bottle of perfume, she broke it on the, on the ground, and she anointed Jesus' feet with the whole thing. And it says, um, John tells us that Judas, he was upset about it. He says, you know, what is she doing? You know, we, we, she, if she really wanted to do something good, she should have gave that perfume to us. We could have sold it. We could have given money to the poor, not wasted it on someone's feet. And John writes about what's going on in Judas's heart and mind at that point in John chapter 12, verse 6. He says, not that he, he's talking of Judas, not that he cared about the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples of money, he often stole some for himself. You know, he could just see the, the wheels were turning. There was so much money there that, you know, he could take some more of that. And they, they're never going to miss it. They're not going to miss it. Uh, and it says he often did that. But you know what often means? Often means it started somewhere. Judas borrowed money some, at some point. It's like, I don't know, I'll pay it back. And then realized, oh, you know what? They didn't miss it. I guess I don't need to pay it back. And there was other decisions. Matthew tells us a story of how Judas's life ends, and it's, it says this, Matthew chapter 27, when Judas, who had betrayed Jesus, and for those of you who know the story, he, he had gotten so hungry for money that he went to the chief priest and said, I, I will betray him. I'll tell you where you can find Jesus when there's not a crowd around to protect him. I know where he goes, I know his, I, and, and I'll let you know, and then you come arrest him, and all I want for that is 30 pieces of silver. And so what Judas said, he says, after he realized, and after this had all gone down, and Judas um, realized that Jesus had been condemned to die, he was filled with remorse, it says. He felt sorry for what had happened. He says, so he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders, and he said, I've sinned. He declared, I've betrayed an innocent man. And their response was this, what do we care, they retorted, that's your problem. See, even though at the end, you know, where you realize, oh, wow, these, these, these things got way out of hand and they're filled with remorse. Sometimes it's too late. It's not too late to be forgiven by the Lord, but it's too late for the consequences to be undone. Those small things are still, that my, my ceiling still had to be ripped out. My neighbor's property is still going to have to be repaired and whatever it is in our lives is still going to have to happen. When Judas was full of remorse, but he didn't realize that death had arrived. That, the, that at some point, the sequence of, of events, it was now done. The process had completed. Do you know that Judas literally could not live with the decision that he made? For those who know the rest of the story, Judas, after they wouldn't take the money back, and was so filled with remorse, he threw the money down because it wasn't worth it anymore, and he ran out and he hung himself. See, I can tell you something, that Judas wasn't thinking that he and Jesus were both going to die as a result of him borrowing money out of the pot. He didn't think that the end of the end result, when he was saying, hey, it's just, it's, just one, it's just one little denarii, it's just one little dollar. And for some this morning, there's small stuff in your life, there's small stuff in my life, there's small stuff in our lives that have death at the end of the journey. And the warning this morning to us is saying, deal with it while it's small. See, because most aren't thinking about lung cancer when they decide to try their first cigarette. Most aren't thinking that they're going to become an alcoholic when they take their first drink of alcohol with their buddies to be cool. Most don't think that divorce is possible when they're flirting with someone at work. Most don't think, ah, oh, divorce, when they're clicking on that link on the internet late at night. You know, most don't think bankrupt 
when they're either buying lotto tickets or they're spending money they don't have, buying stuff uh, just continuously online. They, they don't, that's not the thought that they have in their mind. Most don't think that they're going to end up alone when they just say those hurtful words that they feel are in their heart or on their tongue. Because we think they're small things. And this morning, I just want to challenge you that when it comes to the small stuff in our lives, not to regret it. Not to regret it. Don't allow those small things to be become big things. You're like, well, how do I do that? Because I could just leave you. You can all go home depressed. But I want to give you one last thought. James, same guy who wrote these first thoughts of this is how the process works. He writes this, and it's magic. He writes to them and says, James chapter 1, 22, a few verses later, he says this, but don't just listen to God's word. You got, you got to do what it says. See the words? You got to do what it says. Otherwise, you're just fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word, which you've done this morning, and you don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. And this morning, that's the challenge. This morning, I'm not saying that, you know, everybody is falling into this situation. I'm not saying that everyone here has little stuff that's actually happening in your life. But some of you do, and some of you know it to be you. You know it. It's that twinge on the inside. You're like, ugh. I shouldn't have watched that on Netflix. Ugh, I shouldn't have been at that place. Ugh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have kept that from my wife. Ugh, I shouldn't have. You know who it is because Holy Spirit brings it to your heart this morning. And he does it out of love saying, hey, if, if he brings that awareness in your life of that small thing, he's saying, don't, don't. Well, this morning, you all did it. You, I think you all did it. You went and you looked in the mirror this morning. You're like, oh. Yeah, I got to get the croutons out of my eyes, get that, all that slobber off the side of my face. Oh, maybe I should shave, you know. And then whatever it was, and, you, and, and then, you know, what you didn't do, you didn't look at that and go, yeah, well, I, look like a, I look like a piece of work. I'm just going to go to church. You, you did something. You're like, oh, there's some breakfast. got to clean that off. Oh, you know, there's some, and you did something about it. And this is what he says. If you just hear this morning and don't actually do something about it, it says, it's just like you looking in a mirror and then walking away. But, he says this in verse 25, but if you look carefully, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you look carefully into the word of God, it'll set you free. This morning, the idea is not meant to condemn. It's not meant to say, hey, uh, well, we, you know, I, I have whatever, ESPN or whatever it is, I can read your minds. But, you know, I, I don't have that where I can't see, you know, above your heads, a little bubble that says, hey, this is what, this is what I see going on in your life. That, that's not the point this morning because it's personal. The point is if Holy Spirit is bringing up one of those little things in your life, and maybe it's not today. Maybe as you leave this place and you go home, the next time you feel that twinge of that's a small thing to say, what's the potential that it has in my life? He says, if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and you do what it says and you don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for thinking it, for planning on doing it, for having good intentions. For what? For doing it. For doing it. The way that you cannot regret it is to do something different today. Jesus commanded his disciples in John 15, go, go and bear fruit. Stay connected to the vine. Go bear fruit. Go bear fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And we'll look at this a little bit more next week. But you know, we started with that thing. It's the little foxes that spoil the fruit of the vine. It's those little things that actually come into our lives. And you know, as we think about the church, the early church was, had so much influence. It says, if they write about the early church being that they turned the world upside down just because of the way they loved and the way they followed Jesus. And do you know what? I can tell you this. The early church didn't lose its influence because of big things happening in its life. When persecution hit the early church, it only grew stronger. Can I tell you it's the same today? When persecution hits the church all over the world, it doesn't hit it here. 
You know, when somebody at work says, oh, you're a Christian, that's not persecution. You know, when people are being beheaded all over the, all over the world for believing in Jesus, the church is actually growing strongest in those nations. Why? Because it's not the big stuff that, that affects it. It's actually the little things. The church lost its influence in the early days when it began to compromise. When it started saying, hey, you know what? Instead of us being the church, let's just hire some pastor to do the work and we'll sit there on Sunday and pay him. That's when the church lost its influence, when this little killer called compromise crept in. And it's this last thought. It's the little things. Maybe we can just leave that picture up there. It's the little things that creep in and spoil things in our lives. Your life is so valuable that if there's little things trying to creep in this morning, I would suggest that you do something about them. So my question is, what are the little things trying to creep in? What is Holy Spirit bringing? Is there something that he's bringing to your mind? And maybe this morning it's, it's there. What will your response be? Challenge you, you know what? For some, you know, you're worrying about stuff. Don't, don't sweat it. Don't spend all your time worrying about the things that don't really matter and miss the ones that do. Don't forget it. Don't ignore that thought and think, oh, it's going to go away because that's what Judas thought. And the last one is, you have the opportunity this morning where you don't have to regret it. And next week, we're going to take a look at the second side of that. It'll be much happier next week. But for your sakes this morning, if you don't realize, you know, where the, where the, where the sickness is, the medicine, you don't need it. But I challenge you this, this week as you think about it, you have Holy Spirit living in you. And when he does that, it's like that, just that little prompting saying, hey, this is what's going to, it's not because he's like, sin, I don't love you anymore. It's like, this is going to hurt you and it's going to make you ineffective as a follower of me. So deal with the small stuff. Can we pray? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it rescues us, that it shows us what's wrong in our lives, but also that it shows us how to live uh, what is right, how to, how to do what you desire for our lives. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the power at work in us. That when these small things try and sneak in, you're, just, you're the eyes that just reveal that, those things to us. Holy Spirit, I pray for every person in this place, the ones who are wrestling with things right now, in this moment. Holy Spirit, that you would surround them with your love, that the lives of the enemy would be broken over their lives, that any things of impossible would be broken, that any things of chains and traps and things that are holding them bound would just be broken in this moment, that they might be able to take one step with you to say, Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Father, they would deal with the small things in their life at this point. Father, thank you for that incredible, incredible loving protection of your word. Pray that that'd be like a seed today, that it grows in our lives. And thank you for what you're doing in my life as well. Love you. Thank you for loving me all the time, no matter what. It's in your amazing name I pray. Amen.